Hey folks, quick story for you. Have you heard about Imagine Golf? If you haven't, I would encourage you to go into the App Store, search Imagine Golf, and join the over 200,000 golfers around the world who have made this a part of their daily ritual to improve their golf game. A few months ago, I was introduced to a gentleman named Malcolm Scoville. He's the visionary behind the app. Malcolm has worked with other great uh, meditation-based apps like Calm, and he's bringing that expertise into the world of golf, which is something he's very passionate about. Malcolm and I connected. I've loved hearing his story. And the coolest thing to me about this mission that he's on is that he every day wakes up thinking, how can I help change the outcomes for people, both in golf and in their lives, through an improved mental game? It's a really cool app. They do these really fantastic three-minute daily drive lessons that you can just you know listen to when you're either on your way to work or nowadays just maybe taking the dog for a walk who knows or how about when you're out on the putting green or the driving range it's available to you at any time it's uh, free to download seven day no commitment trial uh, you can still listen to it even if you don't do the paid subscription. Although, I would tell you, go in and unlock that door. You will not regret it. Malcolm and his team have done just an excellent job of curating uh, the kinds of things that you need to be hearing to improve your mental game on a daily basis. I do it. I love it. You know me. I like to get into the spiritual side of golf, as does Malcolm, and as do all of those who are contributing to the app. I think you're really going to like it, folks. Go and check out Imagine Golf. And as my friend Malcolm likes to say, keep imagining what's possible. Hey there, friends. Jay Revel here. I hope you are doing well. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. I am so glad to have you listening in. As always, uh, I love talking golf with people around the globe about why they love this game, why it drives their lives. Uh, I am so blessed to have this uh, format to be able to do that amongst other uh, ways of connecting with people. And I think one of my favorite things about uh, the world of golf today is just how easy it is to connect with those who have really important voices in the game. Uh, I have made some incredible friendships doing this, and uh, each week it seems like I make a new connection or or, or maybe perhaps uh, spark more of a friendship with someone I was already connected with. And uh, that's sort of what happened with this week's episode. Uh, I was able to have my friend Brendan Porath on. Uh, hopefully you uh, know of Brendan's work, uh, perhaps from his days with SB Nation or uh, maybe with the immensely successful podcast he co-hosts along with Andy Johnson known as The Shotgun Start. Uh, that is just a fabulous piece of uh, audio performance that they do three days a week, talking about all things in the world of golf with uh, a real sense of humor and uh, all sorts of delightful language that they sprinkle in there. It's one of my absolute favorite things to listen to uh, uh, each week as they sort of chronicle what's going on on the tour and in the game and just uh, uh, you know throughout the, the golf newsy world. Um, Brendan is a great guy. I, I really like his voice. He's an extremely talented writer. He's just taken on a new gig, actually, uh, doing some editing work and some writing with the folks at Golf Digest, uh, who are uh, really starting to turn out some really cool stuff of late. 
we talk about that. We talk about his work with the Shotgun Start, his career journey, and just really the landscape of golf media, which is a popular topic on this show, as you all know. And um, I, I just love the conversation. It was great to connect with Brennan. Been a big fan of his for uh, a few years now, and uh, you know, always fun to get uh, someone like him, uh, you know, offering some encouragement to uh, uh, a person like myself, who's uh, you know, recording this in my garage right now, trying to you know, share a few words with you all. So, uh, I hope you're going to enjoy this show. I think you're going to like it. Uh, again, Brendan, great guy. He's a, a father of four. He's making it happen, uh, and, and just one of those real, you know, innovative and important voices in the game of golf today. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to this conversation with Brendan Porath. I think you're going to like this, and uh, if you're enjoying the show, I hope you'll leave us a review. Uh, go into your favorite listening device and uh, look up the show. Plug in a few nice words, maybe a couple of good stars in there if you feel so inclined we would appreciate that and uh tell your friends we would love to have more and more people listening to the show uh i've get, i keep getting great feedback and all kinds of fun notes from people who are uh enjoying listening week to week and uh would love to get more of that and love to connect with more of you so if you like the show drop me a note leave us a review however you want to get in touch i'd love to hear from you and thanks as always for listening again here's my friend brendan porath Brendan. <laughs> Jay, it's good to be I here. Feel, I, I, I've always wanted to, you know, give that a role. I don't, I don't know if I can live up to the, uh, you know, varied uh, attempts that Andy offers you on the shotgun start, but, you know, here to do my best. Well, it has sort of a generous sound, so I don't know that anyone can approximate <laughs> that, but I appreciate it. I mean, I don't know, sadly or happily, I can't say, or fortunately, that is often how I am greeted when I walk into different maybe familiar podcast or me interesting how that's sort of morphed into a deal where someone sees me and shouts my name trying to approximate it I'm well, a little bit used to it <laughs> well I, I tell all my clients you know that uh you know your brand is the story people tell about you so uh right. there's a lot of story that gets packed into that little uh little hello you know so <laughs> not a bad move Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm glad, glad, glad to get a chance to catch up with you a little bit. You uh, staying busy these days? Busy enough. Absolutely. Last year, of course, has been a little different for everybody. So, uh, yeah, hectic. Just took some more work with Golf Digest as a kind of part-time editor there to complement the podcast. Figured, got vaccinated, life getting back to normal. It was kind of on about when to get back into some more editorial work, writing, editing. Hopefully, I think this will be a lot of more editing. Uh, so it's busy. The last year has been, of course, chaotic with kids, as you can relate. Um, so, you know, it seems like we're getting back to normal. I'm going to PGA here in a month or so as we talk now, late April. But, uh, yeah, be very excited that as the world sort of kind of comes back to something that's recognizable from uh, the last year. Yeah, you know, I don't know about you. I felt like I I I got my first shot a couple of weeks ago, and yep. I was I, I walked out of there. I was ready to boogie woogie, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got a new lease on life a little bit. Yep. And I don't know how much of that's just um, you know my own emotions, but uh, it it does make me eager to get back out in the world. I was, I was supposed to get my 
second shot tomorrow actually but we've got our member member tournament on the weekend and after getting some reports of the you yeah. know second shot woozy doozy i figured i might as well put punch that back a couple of days yeah absolutely i did that i actually for my second start at golf digest the next day and i was like hey you know just as a precaution i'm gonna be the idiot on his first day who's kind of out of it and loopy so yeah i pushed that back guys remember remember man you gotta, you gotta figure that out <laughs> very important very important yeah i gotta gotta uh we've got our own little uh you know fedex cup version here at the okay. uh, illustrious capital city country club so i gotta get those points you know <laughs> you always gotta play play to protect those points that's play it to man accumulate the points. i love it yeah yeah so uh yeah new new gig with digest that's exciting um and it, you know you, i heard you mention on the shotgun start the other day that you know y'all are going down to kiowa and uh you know checking things out in the marshes around there trying to avoid alligators and such uh you excited to get back out to uh tournament first time in a minute yeah absolutely i've done i did the u.s women's amateur which was kind of down the street last summer and you know of course was sort of in the throes of just sort of getting back off i think it might have been the first usga championship after they canceled or pushed back everything but aside from that i don't think i've been on the grounds for anything sort of big big part of my life and you know it will be really really excited i can't tell you i i I haven't been this excited for an event in a long long time even it approximates sort of that masters feeling when the masters you know you're going and it's a month or so out uh i'm just really excited you know obviously see andy again in person see colleagues at other places again in person um i i you know, if you asked me a couple of years ago if I would be excited by a Kiowa PGA, I might have said, eh, <laughs> it's just another, you know, it's a major. But I think it could be really fascinating in terms of just getting blown out to sea, you know, a mid-May oh, yeah. win. So I think there's the golf aspect that I'm more excited than I ever thought I would be about. Then, of course, just getting back out on the road, seeing friends, seeing Andy, seeing golf up close uh, will be very, very exciting. I can't wait. That's an interesting place up there. I I, yeah. I went there on my honeymoon for okay. uh, the first time. Had a great time and took a guys trip back there a few years ago. And I uh, I managed to shoot one of the or well, it wasn't the best score I ever had, but it was definitely one of the best rounds I ever played. You know, with a just vicious vicious hangover uh, out there. <laughs> and, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, the wind was howling like crazy, and you know I had this yeah. you know cocktail of you know. CBD oils and purple Gatorade and you know whatever the hell else I could get my hands on and it uh, somehow shook out pretty well but I can't wait to watch those guys get blown about out there man it's a it's a fun place to um, probably better viewing on the television than you than you might find there it can yeah. be a little little rough walking around that place outside the fairways yeah and I guess the wind is I was I remember looking up stuff at the start of the year just looking for predictions and stuff it seems like the average wind is much greater in may you know that last one in august was about as yeah. as calm and uh, you know soggy or you know soft as it gets so it could be really interesting to see how they do yeah it'll be it'll be interesting for sure um and, and it'll be good to get the uh on the ground reporting from a lot yeah. of people back too so yeah absolutely you know you're talking about kind of you know that being a big part of your life in in different um times and with different places where you've sort of you know hung your hat Tell me a little bit more about sort of your career journey and, and, and how you got to, you know, where you are today. Um, 
man, there's, there's no easy quick story, but I'll try to make it quick. Like, uh, you know, folks ask me like, how'd you get into this business? How'd you, uh, how'd you get make this career? And it's like, just, it's, it's right place, right time. There's no path. Um, uh, there's no, like you go get your JD and stuff like that. And then you summer and then you do this, that it's just, it's, it's trying to find your voice and trying to be in the right place at the right time. It's very hard. It's not a, it's not a hospitable industry. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, graduated from college and thought I'd be an attorney when did the whole like hundred hour week. I go for it, a big white shoe law firm in DC went to law school in Cleveland where I thought I would, where I'm from and thought I would post up for, you know, the rest of my life. Uh, did not like law school. Did not, I should have known after doing the job, hundred hour week stapling document stuff, uh, kind of in the middle of law school was the whole, the, the crash, right? Lehman mm -hmm. brothers and everything like that, right in the middle of, so, you know, and I wasn't married without kids. I was like, I don't think I want to do this right now. The world is, you know, flipping up down. I remember I walked out of law school to get a book from my car and I got to my car and I just never went back in the building, <laughs> um, ever. I think that was it. And, you know, I don't advise that. I'm not suggesting that was an admirable thing to do. Uh, you know, I, I left with three semesters of debt and no degree, but, um, I don't know, remember how much debt, but, you know, and then start, you know, I went to law school because I thought writing was what had and could be transferable to that uh, industry. And so I, I, you know, the economy went to shit. I fortunately was able to check up with my parents, like, you know, and, and kind of work at various odd jobs, things afloat, I kept writing uh, for like local sports blogs, Cleveland sports blogs, was fortunate to move back to uh, D.C., now wife lived uh my yeah now wife girlfriend was from um and sb nation vox media was sort of one of these early digital players and an ascendant kind of digital media company i got in with them um and you know it wasn't glamorous at the start i would i i often analogize it to like you know writers they, they talk about like blogging and seo posts as being sort of this direct but you know, those newspaper writers had to do like agate type, right? Or they covered mm -hmm. the high school volleyball games and the football games. And I, I kind of, on the digital side, I make it sort of akin to that, right? You got to come up, you try to have fun with that. You try to make them as interesting as possible. You try to, you know, be successful in doing that. And I, I try to get creative with a lot of that work. And, and you know, Vox and continued to grow and it became a career and sort of a full, but it was not easy. It was cheap, cheap you know, you know, easy, uh, little money, a lot of hours kind of deal, but that's kind of the way a lot of careers have to start. Um, and fortunately my, my work was good enough to kind of make it more of a career on a golf voices. I was like, kind of made it my own. I was like, I'm going to, well, there's a lot of opportunity in golf. I was like, and SB nation is not really covering golf. And I had a little bit of a background in it through caddying and playing and following reading all the magazines. And that's, and uh, just started making it my own. I had a ton of, even though it was this big company, they had no one on that. So kind of shape it and write what I want about. It could be goofy, irreverent, serious. And, you know, my work my way, kind of crowbarred my way in through that and started next thing you know, you're a couple of years, you're getting credentials of the masters and things like that. So that's the shortest version, if you can believe it or not, but uh, kind of the way I, I, I elbowed my way into the golf media corner of the world.
I feel like if you don't put goofy, irreverent, and serious on your business card, you're, <laughs> you're probably missing out on an opportunity there. <laughs> right. And golf is that. I mean, yeah. oh, any, totally. like, of course, we have that like college football on the internet and NBA on the internet. And golf, it just feels like we don't need to read Pablo of Tiger 71 all the time, you know? And, and th- like, there's so many fun, you know without being necessarily always mean spirited and there they do. We need more independent voices in golf. And I, you know, it felt like obviously Vox gave me the freedom to do that. So it, the irreverent stuff can be the most unique, right? You know, we don't need oh, yeah. a, a 10 different write-ups of our shot that day. So. Well, and, 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 you know, any, any time during particularly like, a, you know, we had the masters a few weeks ago, you got PGA coming up, as you mentioned, you know, you, you start flipping through golf Twitter and you see, you know, you're going to see about 20 versions of the same story every single day. But, you know, to me, the stuff that always, you know, grabs my attention is the, is the curveball story, right? The stuff that just no one else is, is jumping on. And, and especially when it can be told, uh, you know, with a, a sense of humor, you know, golf is a game that, you know, is in constant dire need of laughing at itself um you know that stuff just just really delivers and i think i think your voice has always really been you know uh, a key part of that um i um i love the column you wrote you know on the fried egg the other day that was uh, a great summation of this year's masters right sort of the you know <laughs> the the symbolism from uh, those in the white jumpsuits on the front end and back end of the tournament uh between the wayne player shenanigans and then uh, Hideki's caddy's little, you know, beautiful bow to the course. I, that was just fabulous. I, that, I thought that really framed up that golf tournament, um, just in a great way. How did, yeah. how did, um, how, when you sit down to write something like that, how's that, how's that flow out for you? Uh, that one was sort of an impromptu deal. I, you know, I thought about it that Monday morning, I had like an hour or two and I knocked it out like in an hour. And I don't know if it was good, bad, or otherwise, but it was just one of those things like, don't overthink this. Don't feel like it had me a thousand words. I think it was 700 or 650, something like that. And it's like, just make the point and get out and see maybe it's a blog post or maybe it's a column, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, came together about an hour, sent it to Garrett, who's a brilliant editor at the Fried Egg, Andy as well. And they took it and put it up. There's opposed to like, I had a had something in the New York Times the week before for uh, the Anwa, and that mm-hmm. was like you know months, right? Uh, it's the <laughs> interviews, it's the transcribing, like the total writer's block, it's the total fear of like spending a half day to write you know two paragraphs, and maybe it's not even as good as seven hundred words you did in an hour. You never know how. I, I don't know. You never know what'll work. But for that one, it was process was it just kind of popped out, and don't so don't don't, you know, paralyze yourself, right? You just need to write and, and don't feel like you need a word count or you have to hit a certain threshold for this point. It's often the best. And uh, mm-hmm. that's how that one worked. And and I, I didn't know how it would be received. It seemed to be received pretty well. You never know how these things turn out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was great. You know, talking about uh, Andy and, and your relationship, you know, with him, um, how, how many? How long has the shotgun start been going now? A few years? Uh, uh, yeah, we did Labor Day of around Labor Day of 2018. So I think we're we're uh, coming up on like 
what I guess would be, I think it'd be four years uh, yeah. uh, this September. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I should have said that in my career path, of course, but I figured I'd give you the short, dirty version of the writing. Sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's a huge part of what I do now. Uh, most, you know, just top priority. We've been super lucky that people have responded are interested in it and like you said with the irreverence like and having fun with the game we just didn't see uh a lot of people doing that uh, we did obviously like the whole thing started more as like a servicey podcast we thought mm-hmm. we talked about it for like a year before we actually did it and we thought it would just like we didn't see golf podcasts being released on like a set schedule and a set frequency and we thought it would be a servicey morning show monday wednesday friday when like you know they're they're like you didn't know when they were coming or how long they would be at, at when we launched it in 2018 that's changed now i think more more on like a set schedule but um it was just supposed to be like a servicey 25 minutes like here's what happened in golf and here's what you know in and out and you're done and i don't know it just evolved into not being servicey being more of a party <laughs> party with uh an audience that is a, as big a part of it as we are in terms of feedback and contributions of nicknames or stories or the kind of off the beaten path element of a tournament that we think will will be fun to discuss or poke fun at like it's just become sort of its own thing and i think that's just um you know fortunately like andy's andy's brilliant right he's one of the foremost sort of architecture was out there and people understand that. And I had covered the game for about a decade when we launched it. And I've written serious stuff. I'd writ- I'd, I thought I had a nose for what was newsworthy or what was amusing. And I think we both kind of had that audience trust where, like, they know we have the background and we can talk serious golf if we want. But it allowed us to do some to, to have goofy segments or to talk about something in a funny, amusing way or to poke fun with people trusting, understanding that we could do the serious golf talk if we needed to. So that's been a huge part of my life. We were so lucky that it's um, people have received it. And enjoyed it. well, you know, and I think one of the, the, the coolest aspects to me of that show is that it really has spawned a, a, a community uh, like feeling, you know, I mean, the, 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 the fact that you've got this, <laughs> you know, if, if I told someone who'd never listened to it to just tune in, you know, tomorrow, they're going to hear things and, and, and almost require translation, right? You know, cause there's a language there. There's a language of, of the show that again, you mentioned the nicknames and yeah. you know, these stories that have been you know sort of woven over the last few years. And to me, it, 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 it might take someone a few episodes to onboard, you know, at this point, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know, for those who are invested, I mean, you get hooked on it because you want to hear kind of the next, you know, the, the, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, right? You want to see where these sure. characters go and, and y'all's takes on them. And it's, it's a really entertaining product. And I, I commend y'all for being able to do that three days a week. That's uh that's no light load. I appreciate it. Fortunately, like it's never, there've only been a few times where it felt like, you know, real work and a lot of, a lot of like, we, I just don't want to do this right now. Uh, but we, Andy and I love talking to each other about golf, about anything. We we were doing this before we launched the podcast. We would take all that stuff, and that's part of why we thought it might work. Um, and you know, it's so cliche to say like we just want to sound like like the nineteenth hole conversation or something. But um, 
I don't know. At one point, I think early on, DJ Pajowski, no line up, said it feels like I'm listening on on a conference call. Like two idiots, <laughs> you know, and that wasn't it. But hey, you know, we just hit record and hopefully it, it comes off okay. Yeah, you should put that in the description. That's, uh, yeah. uh, that's a, well said and, and in a great way. Um, you know, you, you're talking about sort of the things that are missing from the, the golf media landscape or, you know, whatever we want to call it these days. What, what are the things that you see that are that are you know maybe excite you the most? You know when you think, okay, this is this is worthy of emulation or worthy of applause or you know if I'm going to be working on something in the future, I hope it's uh, you know in that direction. What what are the things that you really like out there? Um, I would say some access and opportunity for voices. Um, I, I think that's starting to come around. Of course, like. No laying up is such a resounding success, and they, it's not like you can just be no laying up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were really sharp guys and talented to begin with, um, and they've made the right choices and steps, I assume. You know, Dar uh, and Andy at the Fried Egg, and you know the golfer. There's just room for others to hopefully get in. Yourself, I was, you know, we talking before we hit recording. I was like talking about how much I admire you being able, to, like I, like I did. A decade ago, when there wasn't necessarily, you know, I wasn't the opposite of Golf Digest. I was just a guy at a a new age digital media site. Of course, it was a big digital media player with tons of funding and stuff. But no one, I had no like help. It was just me. And it's like sort of what I see with you writing a book, contributing, you know, to high end magazines, to this podcast, um, like all while maintaining a, a, a full time job. I like. My greater, my next hope is that more of these places offer some of these voices, not just the access and opportunity, but full-time gigs uh, like yourself, because uh, we could use you on all sorts of beats, whether it's, uh, and maybe you don't even want it. I'm not suggesting that's what you want to do, but I know there are others out there that do. Um, so that's what excites me the most, is it feels like there's, you know, lower barriers to entry. And of course, that's the internet across across the board but some of these people are are really sharp and know more than a lot of the people working at the big shops right with all the funding and a lot of those big shops have so many conflicts now that it's needed right everybody's i mean in including where i am now working at golf digest i'm not suggesting i'm speaking with the blinders on uh i chose i I decided to join there because i feel like they've been doing amazing work like they've been doing really strong work i just i feel like has been kicking ass lately uh i wouldn't you know and so a lot of the big boys golf channel where i've also you know contributed they they, there are these conflicts there you know i'm not saying it corrupts the coverage but you have to pull up on things maybe it's the sort of it's the um it's not the it's not the like conscious conspicuous necessarily selling of something it's the subconscious like um i have that relationship in the back of your head where like you you want to say something and you stop right it's like whether you whether you knew you stopped or not um but so i think like with a lot of what excites me more most like i'm saying is is these these opportunities right where um you might be able to make it on your own that's not easy like People see no laying up fried egg, think it can be replicated. And I just, I don't, I don't know that that's possible. Um, but there's, there's an opportunity to try. Yeah. No, well, first of all, I appreciate your comments on my, you know, quote unquote contributions, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it, it, to your point, it, 
I, I look at folks and, you know, know, have relationships with, you know, different people, whether you're talking no lane up, you know, what Andy is doing, what you're doing. And I don't think most people realize just how much work all of that is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know the stuff that I do, you know, just is incredibly consuming, right? When, when I get the chance to really dive in and focus on it, I mean, it, it just eats up an, an immense amount of time. And, right. you know, you talk about uh, some of the big shops that are out there and, I think your point about, you know, digest is an example, right? You know, I think they're realizing that, Hey, there's a lot of really good voices out here. And if we're willing to, you know, invest in them, that return's going to, you know, can come back to us in a pretty significant way. And, you know, people, you know, our generation, look, we're, we're looking for a little bit more raw. We're, we're looking for a little less of that, you know, pull up as you, as you mentioned. And, Obviously, there's there's conflicts that come with that when you, whether you're talking about some of the major media shops or even the tour, but I think you can find plenty of examples of brands out there in the world today who have found a way to strike that balance. And sometimes it's like you know you have like these almost like you know, brand adjacent underground voices, you know that mm-hmm. uh, that the, the the big dogs are sort of silent partners with, um, and, and that can work pretty well. I've seen that 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 perform pretty well in a lot of places, but it's, it's just interesting. I I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the, the total, you know, ever shifting, uh, reality of it all. And, um, you know, one of these days, yeah, I, I, I would like to get one of those calls perhaps and, and yeah. go jump into something, but it's, it's really fun to see. And it, I get this sense a lot of times, especially when I have conversations, you know, like this one where, it feels like we're still on the front end of a, of a major, you know, sea change and there's some really cool people. And I'm, I'm, you know, I love the fact that I get to talk to a few of them from time to time that are really pushing the envelope and and changing that landscape. And it's a, it's a cool time in golf media. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. It feels like there's tons of opportunity out there to find your own unique voice, find your own unique angle. It doesn't have to be covering the pro game. Of course you write so eloquently about, sort of the amateur game or the recreational game. I think there's more of that. How do we actually how do we consume, you know, Frank Nabilo, I'm, I'm wandering all over the place here, but Nabilo <laughs> had a quote and it was rel- relatively distance issues and the ball going too far. Um, Nabilo had a quote maybe three, four years ago about how the game at the professional level and at the rec- recreational leave level has never been part and to him that was really dangerous and i think that that golf has only continued to widen and it's not just the distance we saw this with like the key rating pool today uh, this week right as you know late april as we're talking mm-hmm. here um which is fine whatever i can pan it i cannot but sports that's not golf it's just like guys handing briefcases of cash to each other <laughs> on the periphery of the actual competitions which are the majors right the majors yeah. are still the majors and like whatever this Q rating pool is, is like just business on the, on the periphery of the tour. So like so far from like the recreational game and there's so much good, so many probably much better stories, more interesting stories to tell around that um, than the pro game, which is an entertainment product at, on the tour level. It's competition, I think more for the majors and maybe a few tour events, but um, you know, we have a ton of fun with the entertainment product, whether they it's always the intended stuff they think is entertaining or the unintended but um i think right there's so much opportunity around sort of the recreational game which we've seen more media outlets tell better stories than those that are um 
I guess I'd say totally conflicted with the uh, equipment companies, right? I mean, some of these equipment companies really have their thumb on the scale of uh, what you are allowed to say or not say from uh, both a recreational level and covering the program. So I, I, that's, again, that's another opportunity for those who, who write about diameter and recreational game to kind of get out from under that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. You know, you're talking about the, you know, curating cash giveaway that, you know, the tour is just sort of rolled out. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, my hope, right. You see something like that and you go, okay, well, maybe this triggers more of the guys at the top to uh, engage more with media and even, you know, non-traditional media in ways that, you know, um, can, can pay off pretty largely for them. Um but, you know, at the same time, you sit there and you go, wow, okay, you got, if you got that kind of money sitting around now um, that you're able to inject into such a small portion of, you know, the tour, you just kind of wonder, well, where, what about all these other excuses for reasons why you can't do things? Because seemingly you just pulled $40 million out of thin air. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some partnerships associated with it, but, um, it kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit and go, well, why can't we have, you know, all these other things that you kind of seemingly avoid, you know, or, or just don't do. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where that shakes out and, and what that does for, for the pro game. But I, I wonder sometimes, you know, I, I see guys, you know, Rory maybe is one of the key examples. He, he looks, he looks miserable right now. I mean, and I know he's not playing well, but, I don't really see someone who's enjoying what they're doing these days, you know? And I, I look at poor Ricky, you know, I, Ricky seemed, you know, Ricky's out here pumping Kate Spade versus, you know, a week or so ago. And I'm like, <laughs> man, are, are we hitting a new level here? Are you, have you just, you know, it's right. Thompson has that great line that he's, he's used in some stories about, you know, the, uh, the mask eats the face, you know, it, yeah. it, it kind of seems like we're, creeping into that territory, you know, pretty significantly here with some of these guys. I mean, look at Bryson. I mean, Bryson's a damn walking NASCAR, you know, right. guy now. I mean, he's, he's a, another day away from wearing a jumpsuit with 50 logos on it. It's just <laughs> kind of crazy. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's, that's sort of the balance, I guess. I mean, it's all modern sports even too, you know, I like, I don't even want to, I don't want to just pan golf and but is, are you a business or are you a competitor or yeah. can you balance that? I think you, your analogy with the right Thompson quote is sort of the fine line you got to walk and, and Ricky, I mean, maybe it doesn't matter to Ricky. I'm not projecting that on him. I, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know. Maybe with, with Rory, maybe he's gotten in too deep with too much of that crap you know, with golf pass and stuff like that. And it's like, just get back to the, to the, whatever, the mid twenties, late twenties kid who just wanted to kick ass at golf. Uh, I doubt that's the case. I think he's just looking for it. I, I think Rory's always seemed to be the, one of the best, more well-adjusted uh, folks out there um, in terms of understanding when to compete and when to make money. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's all modern sports a lot, you know, am I just here as like a brand and a business or am I here as a competitor? And, and often those worlds tend to sort of take from each other too much and you got to prioritize. And I think we're seeing that a bit with Ricky. You know, shifting gears a little bit, you know, putting your, your new found uh, editor hat on. <laughs> what, are, what are some of the stories that, that, you know, you'd like to write or, or, or like to help see, you know, come to light in the game. You know, obviously there's a lot of talk these days about 
you know, bringing new kinds of voices in and, and different backgrounds and perspectives. What, what are the things that kind of are on your radar that if, you know, if, if you were given a big old, uh, uh, stack of cash from the, uh, you know, golf digest gods and said, go, go forth and conquer, what, what would you go after? Well, I don't want to give too many of them away to, <laughs> to, for people to go then do themselves. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so much, I think there's like a massive opportunity around municipal golf, right? Uh, yeah. How do we, how, how is that the next, you know, that, that feels like the next big thing of, of how we could actually try to not save golf, but improve it. Right. And that's just, I'm not going over any new territory here, but mm-hmm. I think there's just so much from a business perspective of like l- trying to figure out how to, how to, reformat that and make that sustainable on like a national level. Right. And I don't know if that's an association or what, and, and maybe that already exists out there, but that feels like a massive opportunity. Um, I'm not, that may not even be a story idea. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, just feels like there's something that can be done. That's not a huge, huge uphill battle there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a few others. I don't want to get into too much, but um, I, I think like, Look, this is a cliche, but like diversity is always an issue, right? Um, I think that's something we need to spotlight, try to promote, try to, uh, I don't know, increase, of course. Um, One thing I've always been curious about is like at the tour level, like I feel like the economic diversity at the top is not promoted enough. And I think there's a story to be told there where, of course, like the Tiger effect has been minimal, right? And the mm-hmm. lack of effort, the lack of black American players is sort of an embarrassment for the tour. And it should be, um, they have less now than they were had in the seventies. Um, that's an issue. That's a real issue, but all, uh, uh, and one that needs to be addressed, but also like golf at the pro level, which is primarily what I cover is not like the rich white guy at the top of the world rankings. Like it said, this is a rich white man sport. Well, like it's, it's not at the pro level. It's like Tony Finau. It's Jason day. It's Ricky Fowler. Um, like, you know, Jordan Spieth, even not like some, you know, millionaires kid rolling. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not a ton of country club kids like Ricky's whatever, you know, he's not at the top of the world rankings anymore, but you know, Ricky's grandfather was, internment camp right we know the jason day story um rory dead pouring pints in ireland so like i think we need to tell that story more that like you could become the millionaire brand golfer and most of them are now didn't come from tons of cash there are of course those legacy kids that are in the that made it on the tour but it seems like a lot of these guys who end up winning majors and getting to the top 10 necessarily come from that country club setting i feel like that's a story that the tour itself should be telling more often than it does. Um, and, you know, even Max Homa, like it just goes on and on and on that. I don't think we say enough about uh, uh, the tour itself or even those. So I, that, that's a story I would certainly love to tell more of. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point. I mean, you know, you think about even, you know, Dustin Johnson, right. Who gets, yeah. you know, kind of painted as a lot of things and, you know, <laughs> some, some of it earned, some of it, maybe not, but, I mean, yeah, it's a guy who, you know, grew up in South Carolina. And what, what was, I can't remember the name of the, you know, bumfuck college he went to up there and <laughs> played golf at. I don't, coastal. You know, he played coastal at Coastal Carolina, right? right? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, from you know, Irma or it was outside of yeah. Columbia. So, yeah. yeah. 
Forgive me, uh, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina clears are coming at your ass now. They're going <laughs> to get it. You. Yeah. Well, we need a little hate mail here on the damn <laughs> crisis to get the brand recognition up. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you see it come out in these guys, I think, in, in rare moments, like, you know, when Dustin, you know, slipped the green jacket on. And unfortunately, not a lot of people around to see it. But I mean, you know, he, he finally kind of, I think, was letting a lot out there. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, you know, you think about him, right? He's kind of, you know, Masters champion, you know, somewhat married or whatever to, you know, arguably a supermodel, you know. You know, guy kind of realized a lot of dreams there, right? I mean, if you're, you know, young young pup in Irma, South Carolina, there's a lot to lot to admire there, I guess. Right, right, absolutely. I just, yeah, I think that's that's a story that needs to be told for women's, men's, like, just – everybody across the board that that yeah you know at the recreational level maybe the best courses in america many of them are reserved for the richest whitest people the 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 constituents but like the pro game needs to sort of be framed in a different way yeah well you you know you mentioned the women's game just now yeah i i think that um you know certainly not at a level of parity but i think the attention level that they're getting these days is about as high as I've ever seen it, um, you know, in, in my lifetime. I mean, I I tend to follow that product pretty closely now, and I think a lot of people do, a lot of media voices do. I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you and Andy were talking about the sort of Saturday night primetime, you know, Lydia Ko, Nelly Corda battle going on. I mean, that stuff is, is really uh, entertaining, and it's a great product. I mean, I, I feel like that's really starting to find a bit of a foothold. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you're seeing a commitment from across the board. Big boys, little, the smaller independent shops trying to cover that more. It's, of course, it's the biggest growth area in golf. This is a thing that's thrown out there often, but women playing golf is, is how, the area where it's going to grow most over the next however many years. At the professional level, I think there's a massive opportunity to continue to push it. And of course, um, it's more... Andy makes this point often. I agree with that. It is often more exciting product to watch, right? It's not hit at 350 yards um, and try to hack out from wherever you are or try to wedge it in one putt. Um, It's that kind of, you often have to play the ground uh, game or that's playing holes as they were intended and designed. It's Indy park averaging like 230 off the tee at, at, uh, Aronimic at last last fall, I guess, or last summer's PGA. Um, and our Sophia pop up yeah. in that fairway wood, um, going for it at uh, Troon. Like it, the payoff of watching these often seems to be higher. The, the brand of golf, and this is like, I don't know, it's, it's become a cliche point, but the brand of golf is like generally often more exciting. You know, we, we the payoff in golf is not our drive usually from watching you know it's 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 that impact it's a moment of impact and it's a powerful image You're like oh he came out of his shoes on that one but like sort of the anticipation is balls in the air or the ground or wherever it is and and, and how close it comes to the flag goes in like that's where the payoff in watching golf comes from and so much of that seems to exist more on the women's side yeah no i no doubt i you talked about the Anwar earlier. Um, yeah. I went to the first one two years oh. ago and, and had a chance to cover that. And, and I watched shot for shot. I think I picked up Gupcho and Fossey 
on uh, you know hitting into number eleven, and I followed him shot for shot all the way around. And and you know, fortunately, that's a yeah. There's only a, I don't know maybe five thousand people there for that event, and that was the most exhilarating competition I, I've seen in person. Uh, one of the best in, in uh, of any sport I've ever witnessed, especially golf. And those two shots that for, I mean, they were just in a total duel. Yeah. The, the two shots that Cupcho hit on 13 and 15 were just out of this world. And, you know, they, they do play a game. You talked about that Nabolo quote, you know, it's just, it feels more familiar. Um, I, I, you know, it just seems relatable. Um, even you know, again, not to, you know, some of these idiots try to say, Oh, well, I yeah. can do what they're doing, but it just seems like I can at least understand the thought pattern going into a shot better because it's more similar to, you know, how most of us play than, you know, these guys on the, on the big tour. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to see you talked about the independent voices really making a dent there. It's really cool to see that up and running, but um, so what's, so what's next on the horizon for you, man? What's, what's kind of, you know, you got this new gig, like you said, at, uh, at digest, uh, family's doing well, you know, you're juggling there. What, what are the things that, uh, we can expect to hear and see from you here in the rest of 2021? Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm jumping in this diet. You're talking to me. I'm like three days in, I still am waiting for my, like some credentials to log in and start writing and stuff like that. So I'm just brand new. Uh, but yeah, I hope it, I hope it, I can, you know, like I said, they don't need my help. I feel like they've been doing really strong. So I'm hoping I can help, though, where I can with, you know, different ideas and different posts and different, you know, stories to pursue. Um, I, I, I wouldn't suggest I could shape coverage, but I'd just help where I can. Um, podcast is just like, I don't know, man, we feel really strong about it. I don't want to, I hate talking about, it. you know, we don't like talking about ourselves at all. That's the opposite of what we're going for. We don't want to be the content. Um, but we feel good about it and we feel like it's going to be a super fun year. Just getting out to the PGA is I noted at the top here is feels re- really energizing. It's not that, you know, podcast isn't going anywhere and, you know, we feel excited about its future. So just continue to watch the podcast, uh, you know, hopefully be doing a little bit more writing, certainly a lot of editing at digest. We'll see where we go from there. You know, that's um, yeah. We'll see where we go from there. Excited, excited about what's coming, but just excited to have like the world turn and hopefully i'll play a little bit more golf you know i played a little bit last summer but i don't think i've been out you got a good down there in florida i don't think i've been out since like august so uh got a got a good 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 game coming up here in early may that i'm excited to play but i I gotta start practicing and get back out there hopefully can play more but this is the the whole four kids under the age of eight (laughs) isn't really aiding that pursuit right now so well, that was a great piece you did for the uh, Golfer's Journal, by the way, about, you know, trying to get kids interested in the game and everything. And, um, you know, it, yeah, it's it's a lot to juggle. But, you know, like, like I tell people, life here in the swamp ain't so bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you get, you know, long days and a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of pretty decent weather to go try to hack it around. So what uh, one of my great like sort of uh, FOMO things, watching your feed, your writing is like your commitment to sort of the twilight, the, the twilight nine or whatever oh, yeah. amount of holes. Like when I was playing a lot in my twenties and, you know, before the wife and kids and before I kind of had, uh, you know, work taking up all the, my time was like just getting out there to do play whatever you can. 
right? And maybe you, maybe you don't get there till six thirty. Maybe you don't get there till seven. And like just play like the most fun or the most sort of I don't know uh, rewarding, memorable moments for me uh, often on the golf course have been like by myself walking at you know in the fall evening or something like that. And I love I like live vicariously through you. You seem to be sort of you 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 have figured it out how to do that the most. So I really admire that. I love reading or love your impressions or even if it's just like a tweet about it. You know that's you know 60 words on it and whatever it is like i love following up uh, following you for that reason only because that is the one thing i would love to get back to someday is uh just tuesday night or whatever it is four o'clock th those nighttime rounds of however many golf holes you can play is really where i love the game most oh man i well i appreciate that and and i will echo uh that love because you know my wife i know she you know poor thing she just I'm, I'm lucky to have her she rolls her eyes at me a lot like you know the other night I you know Sunday night we spent the weekend at the in-laws and I'm just like you know foot tapping man I'm clamoring to get out there for just a little bit and you know we've got my daughters getting fed and you know wife's pregnant and hanging out in the kitchen and I'm like hey right. uh do you want me to go take Leon for a walk real quick <laughs> yeah. and and I'm like holding my little four club holder with some golf balls in my hand at the same time I'm like Give me 45 minutes, see what I can get in, you know, and, um, you know, sprinting around a couple of holes, uh, at dusk is just, that's always magical. So, uh, anyway, I appreciate that. And, and maybe one of these days we'll get to go and, uh, slap it around a little bit, uh, as the sun's going down somewhere. Absolutely. We will have to do that. Absolutely. Well, good deal. And, uh, Hey man, good luck and have fun, uh, out at the PGA championship. Uh, if you, uh, venture into, um, Charleston one evening, I would give you my highest recommendation to Hall's Chop House. Okay. Best, uh, best place to get a steak, I think, on the East Coast that I've found. Whoa. All um, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, you know, high mark territory there, but okay. um, fantastic hospitality. I would, I would highly recommend it. Go uh, take Andy up there and, uh, you know, tell him I sent you. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> that Charleston food seems amazing now. I can't it's, wait. It's pretty killer. Pretty killer. Cool. Well, thanks again for your time, man, and uh, best wishes on uh, all your ventures, and can't wait to uh, tune in to the next Shotgun Start and see what you're cranking out for Digest soon. Jay, thanks so much for having me on. I've been a big fan of your work. Really appreciate it, and you keep uh, killing it yourself. Yeah, man. Thanks, buddy. We'll uh, look forward to catching up again soon.